Well, happy Easter again. Well, thank you. It's a wonderful time. Thanks for coming to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what Easter is all about. It's about Jesus being raised from the dead by the power of God. Now, recently a poll was done and Americans were asked what the meaning of Easter was. And 67% of them said that it was some type of religious holiday. Well, that's true, isn't it? And uh, 42%, less than half, said that Easter's meaning was the resurrection of Jesus. And we want to increase that number, and by the end of the service, we'll get that number way up here, that we all believe that Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus. Easter is not about eggs, it's not about bunnies, it's not about spring flowers, it's about Jesus. And so we're going to talk about Jesus this morning. Who was Jesus? First verse we want to look at is found in Luke chapter 1, and in your programs there's a white page like this in there, and we'd encourage you to take that out. It has the verses written out for you as well as the outline. On the back is a study guide, some questions if you want to dig in a little more deeply on your own, and oftentimes our life groups go through the study guide as well. Luke 1.35, the angel is talking to Mary. The angel answered Mary and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This is the angel that announced to Mary that she was going to be the mother of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus was the Son of God who took on human flesh by being born through Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus was fully God. He was fully man at the very same time. Now, what did Jesus do in his ministry here on earth? Well, Peter summarizes Jesus' ministry in Acts 10.38. There we go. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And again, in this verse, we notice two similarities with Jesus Birth being announced to Mary, the Holy Spirit and power was upon Jesus in his ministry. Jesus moved in the power of the Holy Spirit to heal people, to meet needs supernaturally. Now, towards the end of his ministry here on earth, which took place over a period of three years, Jesus told his followers, he told his disciples that he was going to be killed, but that he would rise from the dead three days later. But his disciples didn't really understand what he was saying to them. It was just outside their frame of reference. It just didn't make sense. And so when Jesus was arrested and ultimately crucified by the Roman authorities on a cross, his followers were devastated. They didn't understand how their leader, someone who had such an anointing, someone who moved with such power, supernatural signs, wonders and miracles, how could he be dead? How could God have allowed him to be crucified, to be killed. They didn't see how they could continue. I mean, what was the point of life anymore? Their master, their leader, their teacher was gone. Who were they to follow? All their hopes, all their dreams of a better world. They'd left everything for him to follow him. They've left their livelihoods. They've... It was all gone, or so it seemed, because Jesus was dead. But thankfully... That was not the end of the story. I'd like us to watch a video clip. It's from the television series which begins tonight at 8 p.m. on NBC. 
It's going to run for 10 weeks. It's called AD, The Bible Continues. And I, I've heard good reviews, and I believe it's going to help us to perhaps visualize a little better what the Bible tells us about the resurrection and about how the church continued. So let's watch. Well, with God, all things are possible. How is Jesus raised from the dead? Romans 1.4 says, speaking of Jesus, who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. How was Jesus raised from the dead? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power through which he was birthed, the same power through which he did his ministry, he was raised from the dead. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead means that he's alive today because he was raised never to die again, and it means that the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us today as well. And so today we're beginning a new message series which I've entitled God's Power Continues, and this series is going to correlate with the episodes in the television series on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. We encourage you to watch those. We're going to get greater insight into the scriptures that are covered in the series and how to apply those scriptures to our lives. But this morning, as we look at our own lives, whatever you're facing in life, it might be a small problem or it may be the biggest problem that you've ever faced. Whatever you're facing in your life, nothing is impossible for the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is hopeless. If the Holy Spirit could raise Jesus Christ from the dead, then he has the power to meet your needs today as you put your faith and trust in him. Today we're going to be talking about the power of the resurrection. We're going to be looking at the very last chapter in the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, to better understand what the resurrection of Jesus Christ means for us today. We want to see how it applies to our lives. First, let's look at the message of Easter. Let's begin in verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And so these two Marys woke up on the third day, early on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, and they went to look at the tomb. Other gospel accounts tell us that they came to anoint the body of Jesus with spices, with things like that. And so they came to the tomb, and they expected to see the tomb sealed with a large stone guarded by soldiers. They were sorrowful. They were full of grief. They weren't hardly able to process their emotions. All their hopes, all their dreams had been shattered, but they were about to understand that God's power is unstoppable. It says in verse 2, there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And so this powerful angel comes down from heaven. Maybe it looked a little like that video clip. I don't know. And he rolled back this huge stone, sealing the entrance to the tomb. And this coming of the angel and the rolling of the stone caused a violent earthquake to shake the whole area. And the angel was shining with the brilliance of lightning such that the guards couldn't even look on him and they faint at his appearance. The angel rolls away the stone. The angel doesn't roll away the stone to let Jesus out. The angel rolls away the stone to let people see he's no longer there. Because stones are no barrier for the risen Lord. 
No tomb could hold Jesus Christ. He was brought back to life by the power of the Holy Spirit because God's power is unstoppable. The angel then speaks to the women and says, don't fear, Jesus is alive. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And so when Jesus rose from the dead, he simply passed through the stone walls of the tomb. Physical boundaries had no, were no barrier to the risen Lord. And the angel tells the women, don't be afraid. I understand this is outside your comprehension. I understand that this is too hard for you to really grasp. But don't be afraid. Jesus is risen. The tomb is empty. It means he is alive. He rose just as he said that he would. The angel then gives the women instructions to go tell Jesus' disciples that he's alive, that he's risen. And so the women run with joy to tell their friends, the other followers of Jesus Christ. And as they do, they encounter Jesus himself. And Jesus gives them instructions. They need to follow his instructions. Jesus says to them in verse 10, do not be afraid. Sounds like the same thing the angel said to them, doesn't it? They were still a little quaking with fear. Don't be afraid, ladies. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And so these two women were the first to see Jesus risen from the dead. He encouraged them to tell what they had seen and what they had heard. To tell somebody else. So let's see what happened on that first Easter how it applies to our lives today. On Easter Sunday, 2015, thousands of years later. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a historical fact. It's backed by multiple historical accounts, many credible witnesses. The empty tomb is one of the important pieces of evidence of the resurrection. Jesus and the early believers, the early disciples, had many enemies. The Romans were their enemies. The Jewish authorities were their enemies. And these leaders could simply have squelched Christianity at the very beginning by producing the body of Jesus. Look, he's dead. Here is his body. But they couldn't. It wasn't available because Jesus was alive. He'd risen from the dead. Oh, they spread the story that his disciples had stolen the body. But believe me, they looked very hard to find that body and they could not find it. It was not available. And so the message of Easter is that Jesus is alive. The resurrection is an essential aspect of Christianity. Without it, our faith means absolutely nothing. You must believe in the resurrection in order to be saved. We're going to talk more about that at the end of the message. And so the message of Easter is that we serve a living Savior. Jesus Christ our Lord. Every other religious founder, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, and the list could go on and on. Every other religious founder is dead and buried in a tomb somewhere. Jesus' tomb is empty. He's alive today. And if the power of the Holy Spirit could raise Jesus Christ from the dead, 
then there is hope for each one of us this morning, no matter what your situation is. Is there any aspect of your life that seems hopeless? Any aspect of your life that seems like it's not getting better? Anything that you despair of? Perhaps it's a long-term health issue that's still not resolved. Maybe it's a relationship that's fractured and no matter how much you try, you, you can't seem to put it back together. Or possibly have an issue with a job or lack of a job or an issue with your finances or Maybe there's a person in your life who's struggling with some type of addiction and simply can't seem to get free. Whatever issue you're facing, Jesus, the risen Lord, wants to give you hope this Easter morning. He wants to resurrect your dreams. The dreams that he has for you and bring them to life once again. He doesn't want you to go through life discouraged. He doesn't want you to go through life struggling. He doesn't want you to go through life, depressed. He wants you to take this message of Easter and find encouragement this morning through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to experience the joy that these disciples had when they recognized that Jesus was alive. Jesus wants you to find hope in this message of Easter so that you can fulfill the mission of Easter. Let's go on in verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted or hesitated. And so Jesus met with the disciples in Galilee. That's where they lived, just as he said he would, just as he instructed them. And recognizing Jesus, the disciples fell down before him and worshipped him. He was the very Son of God. Some would need further reassurances. They were still trying to grapple with their emotions. They hesitated. But in time, they would become convinced as well. And yet, the mission that Jesus had come to earth for was now going to be brought to completion by his followers, by these disciples that he was speaking to. The instructions that Jesus is about to give to these first 11 disciples concerning their mission they're not meant just for those followers of Jesus Christ. They're meant for the followers of Jesus Christ down through the centuries. They're meant for us today. As the risen Lord, Jesus delegates his authority to, to us. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The word for authority in the Greek is exousia. It means authority or power. All power in the universe has been given to Jesus Christ. And in that power, as he exercises that power, as he exercises that authority, he now delegates it to his followers. He gives them a command. The next few messages in this series, we're going to see how Jesus Christ makes available the same power that he ministered in to his disciples. But this command that Jesus is giving here comes with this full authority, comes with this full power. It's not a suggestion, it's an authoritative command. What is the command? It's to go and make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so the mission that Jesus commissioned on that first Easter is to go and tell. Just as he told Mary, go and tell what's happened. Go and tell what you've experienced. He's telling his 11 disciples here, go. Go and make 
more disciples, not just from Israel, not just from the Jews, but from every nation on the face of the planet. Jesus picked those first 11, but now those 11 disciples were being empowered to make more disciples by telling the good news that Jesus was risen from the dead, that Jesus was alive, and that you can experience new life by being forgiven and submitting your life to follow him as well. And so if you're a believer here this morning in Easter 2015, some 2,000 Easter's later, you are part of a great chain of disciples making disciples. Those first 11 disciples made some more disciples who made some more disciples and down through the centuries, eventually somebody somewhere told you about Jesus. Maybe you didn't even talk to somebody. Maybe you just saw somebody talking on television. Maybe you read a Bible that a disciple printed. But somehow, somehow, the, some way, the message of Jesus Christ was transmitted to you. If you're a believer here this morning, and you believed. And as a disciple, you don't want to break that link, do you? You want to tell somebody else. To make some more disciples. Because that's your mission in life. That's the mission of every disciple. And the disciples are to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to make a public declaration of their faith in Jesus Christ. And last Sunday we baptized ten disciples of Jesus of all ages. How wonderful. And what is their mission? As they follow Jesus all their days to make more disciples of Jesus Christ to tell others. And they began to tell others, they began to tell others as they were baptized. What else does Jesus command his disciples to do? Well, to teach others to obey everything. Verse 20, the first part, and teaching them to obey everything. Underline that word, everything. Everything I have commanded you. And so does Jesus command his disciples simply to get people saved and baptized? Isn't that enough? No, Jesus commands his disciples and you and I today to teach the new disciples that we make to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. Each disciple is to grow in obedience to the teaching of God's word in every aspect of our lives. And how can we do that? We do it by trusting in Jesus' presence. The Gospel of Matthew ends with these words. It says, And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. What a wonderful promise. And that's a promise not just to these first 11 disciples because they're, we're not going to live to the end of the age. Those 11 disciples are long gone. This promise is to every disciple of Jesus Christ down through the centuries, including us today. Jesus promises to be with us until the mission is accomplished. Let me say that again. Jesus promises to be with us until the mission to go and make disciples of every nation is accomplished. And when that mission is accomplished, what's going to happen? Well, the end will come. Jesus Christ will return to this earth to wrap everything up. Now, if Jesus is physically in heaven and he is not walking this earth, we cannot see him 
as these first disciples did for 40 days after he was raised from the dead. If he's not physically here on this earth walking, how can he be with us? Well, he's with us through the presence of his Holy Spirit. Bao calls the Holy Spirit the very Spirit of Jesus. That's how he's with us. The Holy Spirit indwells each and every believer. The Holy Spirit empowers believers or disciples to fulfill the mission of Easter, the mission of making disciples of all nations. Heard a story about a pastor who was traveling in the country of Italy. And as he was traveling, he came across a graveyard. And in this graveyard, he saw the grave of a man who died a a century before. This man was not a Christian. Uh, He was an unbeliever. In fact, he was totally opposed to Christianity. In fact, he was so opposed, maybe he was a little afraid of it as well, that before he died, as he was sick, he had a giant stone slab constructed. And on this giant stone slab, he had the words engraved, I do not want to be raised from the dead. I don't believe in it. And this giant stone slab, he gave instructions to be placed over his grave after he passed to keep him in the grave so God could not resurrect him from the dead, just in case it was true, but he didn't believe it. And now as the pastor went past that grave that had been laying there for over a hundred years, he saw that an acorn had grown up from the grave and split this slab in half. And now a giant oak tree was growing on top of this man's grave. And the pastor thought, well, if a little acorn can split this stone slab, how much more can the seed of God's resurrection power do in a person's life? For you see, when a person becomes a believer, the seed of resurrection power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, comes into our lives. The Holy Spirit is the same person He has the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and he lives in us. It's the power of the resurrection. It's the power of the resurrection that can split any seemingly unmovable barriers in your life that are holding you back from the things that God wants you to do. Now, God's not going to remove barriers in life or to solve your problems just so you can be happy, so you can do your own thing. God is going to break through barriers in your life. God's power, the power of resurrection, is going to solve the issues that you have in your life so that you can fulfill your purpose in life, so that you can carry out the mission of Easter, going and making more disciples of Jesus Christ. That mission is not just for pastors. It's not just for evangelists. It's not just for leaders. It's for Every believer, every disciple of Jesus Christ, it's for dads and moms to make sure that you raise your children to know and follow Jesus Christ. A mission is for people to tell their relatives, not just to believe in God, but how to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's for workers who care about the people they work with and care enough to tell them about Jesus. It's for neighbors who go out of their way to bring the good news 
the people living right next door to them, who step out of their comfort zone to go and tell what Jesus has done in their lives. That's the mission of Easter. And so this morning we've talked about the message and the mission of Easter. Jesus is alive today. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jesus is alive today. I just want to make sure I was making progress here. He is alive today. His presence is in this room through the power of the Holy Spirit. His power is available to break through any barriers in your life that are holding you back from accomplishing the mission that he has for you, your unique mission. That power is available to give you hope this morning. If there's anyone here feeling hopeless or discouraged or disappointed in something that's happened in your life. And so this morning we're going to pray. We're going to ask God for this power of the resurrection to be applied to the life of every person who needs a touch. And maybe some here are still wondering, as some do, do I really have to believe in the resurrection? I mean, that's just so unscientific, is it not? Dead people don't come back to life. Isn't it enough just to believe that Jesus was a good person? He told us to love everybody, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Isn't it enough just to believe in him as such a good person and the good things that he did and said? Let's look at Romans 10.9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart. What are we to believe? That God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And so to be saved, to become a Christian, to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you not only have to acknowledge him as Lord of all, you must believe that God raised him from the dead. Because if Jesus was not raised from the dead, he's not alive. If he's not alive, he can't save you. If he's not alive, he was simply a man. And his body should be lying somewhere, but it's not. The tomb is empty. He's alive today. And if you believe in the resurrection, you will be saved. So this morning, if you're not sure you're a believer, or perhaps you've made some type of commitment in the past, but this morning you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ on this day, Easter 2015. We're going to pray a simple prayer, and in this prayer, we're going to do three things. We're going to, first of all, admit. Admit that we've sinned. Admit that we've done wrong things, things that we need to be forgiven of. Secondly, we're going to believe. We're going to believe that Jesus was crucified on the cross, took our sins upon himself, and three days later, God accepted that sacrifice by raising him from the dead. And finally, we're going to commit our lives to following the risen Lord as our Lord and Savior all the days of our life and right on down into eternity. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray. If you never prayed a prayer like that before, I'd encourage you to pray right in your heart. God knows your thoughts. If you've prayed something like that in the past, but you want to recommit your life to him this morning, That would be wonderful as well. Say something like this. Father, today, on Easter 2015, I acknowledge that I'm not perfect. I acknowledge that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. Things I know were wrong, I have done. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ 
lived a perfect life, died on the cross, took my sins upon Himself, and three days later you resurrected Him from the dead. I believe He's alive today. I put my trust in Him. I commit my life to serving Jesus as my Lord and Savior all the days of my life. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. For those of us who are believers, let's pray that God would do something in our hearts and lives this morning as well. Father, we thank you that Jesus is alive today. Thank you that Jesus is alive today. And because he's alive, we can have hope. We thank you that your power is unstoppable. And nothing is impossible for you. Thank you that we don't need to fear any situation, anything that comes into our life. We need to simply follow your direction. God, I pray that you would bring hope, that you bring encouragement to the heart of every person here today, no matter what they're facing in life. May each one sense that as they put their hope and trust in you, you're going to give them a breakthrough in their situation. Help us, God, to embrace not only the message, the truth of Easter, but also the mission of Easter. Empower us, God, to make more disciples for Jesus by sharing the good news of the gospel. And this morning in Easter 2015, we join with disciples down through the centuries in worshiping Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, today. In his name we pray. Amen.